Welcome to the Awareness Podcast. Every Friday, one of our four hosts, Bill Free, Jenny Beale, Cindy Krupp, and Susan Telford, will discuss spiritual awakening in everyday life with their guests. Listen as they discuss their newest insights and share what is helping them remove the obstacles to self-realization, inner peace and happiness. Hello everyone, I'm your host Jenny Beale and this is the Living in Not Knowing section of the Awareness Podcast. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Maureen Tinbond. Maureen is an artist producing beautiful sculptures in stone and clay. And when we do these podcasts, we we ask our, our guests to write a short biography beforehand. And your bio, Maureen, really touched my heart. So I'm going to start by, by reading what you wrote. As a child, I often felt alone, not that I had no friends, but in the way I experienced the world. My father once said, you are different, you see things that we do not see. Very often I had the feeling I do not exist. Either I lost myself completely in the other, I became the other, or I rebelled. To get a sense of existence, I would either please or fight. This exhausted me completely, but it made me look deeper into myself. Meanwhile, I read books by Paolo Coelho, Deepak Chopra, Rumi, and the Dalai Lama. In the early 1900s, something very drastic happened, a a milestone in my life. A loved one suddenly died in my arms. This has awakened so much that I knew for sure there is much more than this body and the world. Many events in my life had already made that clear to me. I didn't really have a teacher. My teacher was, as Francis Lucille puts it beautifully, the yoga of life. When I look back, all events, encounters have given me wisdom, inner peace and strength. This became very clear and obvious when I met Francis Lucille. In 2011, I followed a spiritual course in the GIA Center with Els van Hugenbent and Joost van Hove. One day, they invited me to watch a video of Francis. Never before had I felt such recognition and liberation. And after this video, I said, I have to meet that man. And in the summer of 2011, I met Francis for the first time in Wuhan, Germany. And in that meeting, I found my teacher who inspires me, guides me in my yoga of life to experience love, inner peace, but especially the happiness in myself. Thank you, Francis, so much. So first of all, Maureen, when your father said that you saw things that others don't see, what do you think he was referring to? I remember when uh, we went on a holiday. I was always getting sick in the car. And at that time, the cars were with a big seat in the front, so you could sit with three in the front. And I was always sitting in the middle next to my father and my mother. And I often just pulled something I saw. And my father said, it's incredible what you see. You see things that we don't see. And I never understood what he meant. But these words remain in my head. And when I had to write my biography for you, these words came back. So I realized as a child, I saw more 
than you can see with the eyes as uh, It's strange to say, but sometimes when I was walking uh, in the forest, I could see white light and nobody of my family saw that. Or when I was watching the sky, I think I wasn't, I was around seven, eight. I stopped saying that because nobody saw it. And I was thinking that I was not normal. <laughs> and even at school, when I was 11, we had to make, um, how you say, to write a story. They give you a title and you have to write a story. And my story was that during the night, I was going away to, to angels, to other worlds. And um, I remember that the nun came to my parents that they had to do something about me, that my fantasy was much too big and that it was not normal. And that made me stop expressing these things. But later, they came back when I felt more free. I guess um, to express it, to, 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 to dare to say it was uh, when I divorced. <laughs> And uh, when I had the freedom to, to say what I was experiencing. And at that time, already some people came on my path that were not laughing or, or saying that I am making illusions or something like that. Yes, yeah. So in quite a... An isolating experience yes, early yes. early on for you. I, yes, yes. I, I guess, yeah. And, so, and, and because of that, I was kind of manifesting myself. I wanted to belong to the others. And yes. therefore, I had to please or to, to rebel or... Just to exist. Yeah, so there was a kind of suppression of this yes. wider seeing then, wasn't there? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. I felt not, I felt alone. Yeah. 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 So you, you said that a, a life-changing event happened when someone you loved died in your arms it's it's hard to even imagine how traumatic that, that must have been but can you tell us more about how that happened and what effect it had on you yes um it was late summer it was in september and uh, i met somebody with whom i fell in love um, and I took the decision because I was doubting for a long time to tell him that, okay, I will choose for you. We will go on together. So I invited him to come over and um, we went to a lake. Lake, yeah? Yes. Um We even make love. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it was very beautiful. And um, he jumped into the lake 
he make a swim and uh, he came out of the water and I said, come on, sit down. I have to tell you something. And I wanted to tell him that. And at that moment, he said, I don't feel well. And two minutes later, he was dead. And that was such a shock. But at the same time, it was for me so clear I could still feel him. It was not that not that body that was, it was not a distinction. I had so much connection afterwards, beautiful connections, really beautiful. We had a, a song that was our song. I, I guess everybody has a song like that. Yes. And it was called, from Brian Adams, Everything I Do, I Do It For You. Oh, yes. And, and even in the text is written, I would die for you. <laughs> and that Christmas, after it happened, I went with friends to India for the first time alone. And we arrived in New Delhi, in the hotel, and only my room was not ready. I had to wait in the reception. And as I was sitting there, there was an Indian woman and an Indian man that were playing Indian music. I don't know the name of the instruments, uh, typical Indian instruments. Yes. And all of a sudden, there come a man with... You call it a synthesizer. It's also English synthesizer, like a piano. Yes, yes, I know. Yes, and he put it there, and he plays one song, mm -hmm. the song of me and and him, the, the, oh, the song of Ryan Adams. And after that song, he puts everything, he closes everything, and he goes away. And the woman and the man with the Indian music go on playing. Then for me was just don't close your eyes anymore. These things are not fantasy. Yeah. yeah. And there was that was the first time I really felt connection. And then many, many times happened that. Yes. Sorry for my English. <laughs> oh, your, your English is lovely. <laughs> no problem. Gosh. I mean, sometimes when a a serious trauma occurs in, in our lives, it, it it spurs people on to look for a teaching or or a teacher who can provide answers to the great questions uh, about life. What am I? What is this world? What is the meaning of life? Was that so in your case, or were you mainly looking within yourself? Absolutely. I was more open, mm -hmm. more attend to not only looking with the eyes. Mm -hmm. um, my intuition was a lot stronger. This was gradually growing, growing. And... Uh, Yes, even in, in that time, I realize now that I loved to walk alone in nature and feel there is no distance and happiness and, and I always stop using words when I have to describe the experience. Yes. But um, I didn't know at that time what exactly it was. So I only had the experience, but I did not share it with anybody. Because uh, I had no teacher. I didn't know what, what was going on. But I felt that it was good and I wanted to know more. I wanted to discover more. I was curious. I 
everything was just rolling from one to another. To, to, to discover more and more. <laughs> yes, yes. Did you um, practice any kind of meditation at that time or was it more a sort of spontaneous inner listening? Well, later on, because the death of that uh, lovely one was in uh, 93, and later on, I guess 2005, I started spiritual courses in uh, the center of here. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know the name in English, psychodynamica, like um, meditation, the energy you feel, the chakras, and so on. So I discovered my body more and more. And um, also NLP, neurolinguistics Neuro program, because I want to discover what is going on in me, what is happening in me. It was uh, a search, every day a search. Am I, what is happening in me? Yes. So that was with Els and yours, yes, 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 wasn't it? Too? I met recently at Francis's retreat in. Spain and they they run a center in Belgium, don't they? Which yes, they do. Holds courses and coaching and happiness, self fulfillment, uh, neuro linguistic programming, and so on. And they, they, I think, they do have a focus on intuitive development, which seems exactly. to fit yes. very, very beautifully with with you. And for a while, I was all also uh, following a course in miracles. Yes, for three years. But once I met Francis, it's like they are parallel, but still there is a difference for me. Yes. So uh, tell me how you came across Francis then. Well, thanks to Els and Joost, one day they came back from Temecula and they brought some videos with them, with uh, satsangs of, of Francis. And I uh, still remember the title of the video. It was The Gateless Gate. Oh, yes, I've seen that one too. Yes. <laughs> and they invited me to come and, and, and see that video. And I saw and I heard Francis and for the first time in my life, I felt recognition. I felt liberation. I was normal. That's exactly what I feel. That's it. I have to meet that man. <laughs> this is it. This is it, finally. <laughs> so it was really that 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 connection. It was immediately. Yes. It was immediately. Yes, it's that that made an impression on yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And when I met him then the first time in Hawaiian, I remember that I asked a question. I don't remember my question. I don't remember his answer. All I felt was uh, something, wow, that comes into my heart. And I just start to cry, not because I was sad, but I was overwhelmed of 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 joy and happiness. Yes, yeah. That I will never forget. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is interesting because Francis has quite a scientific outlook and some people who are not really into science are more artistic like like you are, are put off by that but you weren't and you yeah. you found that connection that resonance with him through through different channels i i guess sort of feeling and intuition and art maybe did you discuss yeah. art with him 
But to be honest, when he answered a question mm-hmm. over about sign, uh, what he has studied, uh, yes, yeah, I do not understand the word. <laughs> I just leave it and wait for another question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I admire his his what his what he knows about everything, yeah. but I do not understand. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it's the it's that connection, isn't it? It's that resonance that's uh, important for the yes, uh, future, yes. isn't it? That's... And what resonates just come in, and what doesn't, well, so it be. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> So, tell me how you got into sculpture. Well, that was also um, one of the, I can say, streets or ways of paths, I don't know how you say it in English, (laughs) that brought me um, closer by myself. It started about 25 years ago. Uh, a friend of uh, of me, uh, she called Dominique Daza. Her father was a famous sculptor. He was Rue Daza. And she wanted to sculpt together with some friends in, in, in her garden. And she said, wouldn't you like to come? And I said, oh, no, sculpting. That's too hard for me. Oh, no, no. But she said, okay, you can also do something with clay. And I said, oh, okay, that I will, that I will try. I will come. So I went to her and um, she said, wait, before you start with clay, just try to sculpt, just try to, just do it so that you know it's not for me. And I started and I couldn't stop. I couldn't just stop. I was lost. It's also a kind of connection with the stone that brings me together. As I could lose myself in people, I can lose myself in the stone, if you understand what you mean. Yeah, yes, yes. When I was little, I became the other, but when I am with the stone, I become the stone. Yeah. And that experience was so nice, so Ah, I still have no words. (laughs) (laughs) But in the beginning, I also had, well, how you say, the unconsciousness came up. Ah, it's not good enough. Frustration. And, uh, and, but you have no control over the stone. The stone leads you. I was starting to cleaning up the stone because the the, 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 the outside of the stone is a little dirty, so you have to clean it up. And then sometimes a big piece breaks. And in the beginning it was, oh no, my stone. (laughs) But now it's, okay, it's that way you want. Okay, this piece we don't need. Okay, we will take the other way. And I just, I am in dialogue with the stone. And some some parts of the stone are soft, other parts are hard. When it's soft, I go a little deeper. And so uh, uh, a first uh, form is um, started, and then I continue. But it's always the stone that leads me. And the moment... I was not trying to control the stone anymore. Then it happened. Then the beautiful thing happened. And without any expectation, just follow my hands, follow the stone. I get the most beautiful results, the most beautiful gifts. There are gifts if you understand what I mean. Yeah, yes, yes. So you 
you really have no idea when you first um, pick up the stone what what form is going to emerge Never. from it, have you? Not at all. Not at all. And somehow the stone tells you. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it makes you curious, enthusiastic yeah. to to know what what will come out, what will where he will he lead me. Um, it's a bit like um, a child that goes on on holiday with the train for the first time. What will come? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. In enjoying the enjoying unknown, enjoying yes. exploring the unknon. Yes. 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 And, and because how, it's how not you... known, it's not knowing what you're doing is so free. Yes, exactly. And that, that's really what Francis said, isn't it? That there's this link between not knowing and freedom, that the two yes. go to the two go closely together. Yes. yes absolutely. How how do you choose your your stone? Do you do you go to a, a stone merchant and look at lots of pieces of raw stone? Or <laughs> what 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 happens? <laughs> yes, I um I have a very good friend, and uh, she's she sells stones from all over the world. And by selling the stones, she support a project in Africa, for instance. Ah. So it's 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 a beautiful person, and she knows that she had to leave me alone. That I go and see for all the stones, and actually, intuitive, I choose one. And I cannot explain what leads me to the stone. It's just okay. Yes, this one I will, I will take. But I have no explanation. <laughs> How? <laughs> yes, yes. It's it is mysterious because you don't even know what form that what form no. will emerge from that stone eventually. When I don't know what I want in yes. advance, it doesn't matter which stone. Yes, so there's an element of trust in it, I, yes, I guess. Yes, yes, that, yes. That yes, somehow yes. a beautiful form will emerge, but you don't yes. know what it is. Yes. And what is beautiful, whatever come out, it's a gift, it's a present yes. of the universe. And whatever come out, it's beautiful. I also say that now since uh, four years some friends come here in my garden also to sculpt and they have the same start as I had frustration, oh, it's not good enough, look uh, and, and then I also say for whom? With, you are you, with who are you comparing? Whatever comes out, it will be so beautiful because it's it's coming from the source. Let, let's say that's the word that comes up. Yeah, it's coming from the most beautiful place that there is. Yes, it seems to me that in a way the stone has really taught you non-duality in a yes. sense it's taught you that there is no separate sculptress doing yes creating this sculpture yes 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 and also to let go the control to trust to surrender to love and the stone Actually, it's only the stone, but actually it's it's me. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. And me with, not me as a person, but
I always stop with words. It's it's. I'm sorry, but uh, it's like the stone is a transmitter. Yes, yes. I don't know if it is the right word. It is the right word, exactly. Yes, it's. You see some. Some people learn non-duality theoretically. You know, they they read books about it and things. And you you have learned through through stone. There are all these channels. Some people learn through through music, of of course, as well. Um, so all, only by experience. I'm yes. I'm not so good in reading books. No, and there was a second a second way also that really helped me the non-duality, and that was traveling alone. I, I, was, I was planned to, to travel with, with, with a friend, and two days before we were leaving, she had to go to the hospital. Mm. And I was so upset. I was so sad, and... I didn't want it to leave her behind and then the guilt feelings and then I cannot stay home. I want to go away, but what will happen when something happened with my car, when I get lost and all these questions came. But then the next morning, I just put everything in the car and I left and it was raining and I had headache and I was angry. And I was frustrated because I had so much expectation with the two of us to France, do a terrace, go for a walk, then go shopping and all these things. And now I was on my own. So I was I was driving, actually not really knowing where I was. And all of a sudden I see a sign, Rems. Rems is in the middle of the... The, where there's the champagne, but there's a very big cathedral. Yes, yes. And I I stopped in front of the cathedral and I went in the cathedral, but I was angry. <laughs> I stepped in the cathedral like this. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I see the angel Michael. Huh? And I saw the angel and I was sitting in front of the angel and I was talking to him, not loud, but I was so angry. I say, I am so angry. I am all on my own. I'm so afraid. I didn't ask for that. You will make sure that this is going to be okay. And I was just, and strangely enough, I became very calm. And I went out of the, of the cathedral, and just in front of the door, there was a little sunshine. Mm-hmm. And there were also sculptures of angels, and one angel was an angel that is laughing. <laughs> and I looked at the angel and I said, you will be my company on my trip. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then this trip was the most beautiful one. I was not scared, no plans. I just let everything unfold moment by moment. And I met the right people. I found the right places. I found the right solutions. Everything was so free. And since then, I also make every year a trip on my own, not knowing where I'm going, just following the flow. And that also brought me to the non-duality, to the trust and the surrender and be in the moment. Yes, beautiful. But very important, that that lack of expectation, isn't it? Expectation gets us into all sorts of problems. Yes. Yes. Yes, Mm. Yes, beautiful. (laughs) Letting go and... Don't try to control. I do not mean there are practical things we have to do. Uh, if we uh, open the fire, we have to control that the fire is not too hot or, or 
everything will burn. That That's <laughs> not what I mean. But we don't know what will happen the next moment. No. No. It's, it's such a lovely way to to live life, isn't it? Being yes. open to anything, anything yes. happening the next moment. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It makes it exciting. It makes it free. Yes, yeah. So going back to your uh, uh, to your sculpture, sometimes you um, produce commissions, don't you? You're asked yes um, to produce something for for someone. How does that work? Because I can imagine many people asking you for a, a particular thing of a you know the sculpture <laughs> to represent something specific and of course that isn't how you work so what how do you deal with that well exactly last sunday i was on exhibition and somebody asked me please can you make an l and l the bird oh yeah l uh, and all, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. With, yes, with big eyes. You can turn yes. his head like this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I am so sorry, but I can never tell you in advance what will come out of the stone. <laughs> I can try to make something for you. You have no obligation to buy or to like it, but I need to feel free. And that's also what I, I when somebody asks me to make something, I make the same agreement that okay, if I am completely free, I can make something. But if you ask me, for instance, to make a dolphin, to make a bird, to make whatever, it doesn't work because the stone don't want it. So it's frustrating. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> yes, it's a good practical solution, isn't it? To to say, well, yeah, I'll I'll make it. It turns out, however, it turns out, and if you don't like it, then that's okay. Someone else yes. may like it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And, and and once I make a sculpture for somebody in Paris, and uh, also free, she didn't ask whatever, I was free to make whatever I wanted. And it was such a pleasure to to work on that stone. It was a white albast, albast stone. Uh, alabaster, alabaster, yeah. Alabaster. And he was transparent. And when I was working, it was like I had butterflies in my, in my stomach yeah. because it was, it made me so happy. And in the middle, he was blue. Oh. The middle was blue. Yeah. And I was so surprised. It was so beautiful. So I start to finish. And by finishing, because you have to, not to file, but with, with paper. paper. Oh, sand, to sand it. But, yes. Yes. You start with 50 and you end with 1,200. Yeah. And the more I, when I came on, on 800, I see in the middle of the blue stone, of the blue part, a white little heart. Wow. So, Goodness. when I delivered the stone to her, I said, that was so amazing to make that stone. I felt so happy. As I was in love, it was so beautiful. And then she said, oh, but I met somebody and I am really, really in love. And I said, this is not possible. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the stone reflected her love. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, how beautiful. <laughs> that, that is amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's well, that's the beautiful thing of, of doing things out of freedom. 
Yes, yes. Do, do you ever find you've made a mistake and have to throw the stone away? Um, I have one stone that I, it's it's this one. Right. Before, before can you see him? Well, yes, I can see it, but um, people on the podcast um, won't see it. But it's a it's a lovely curved shape, if I can describe it, and it's a it's a kind of greenish color. It looks to to me, yes, and it's standing up. Well, when I made him, it was the the time that I was. Um... It was a difficult time. It was before I was divorced. There was a lot of of problems. Yeah. And um, there was a lot of aggression in the stone of me. I made somebody with big eyes and the mouth open like he was screaming. Oh. And I left it in my in my atelier in the garden. I didn't want it to put it in the house. It was really my frustration and my anger that came out in that stone. And now uh, it that was in uh, 94. Mm -hmm. I two years ago I took it and I made something beautiful out of it. Out and of that, that same stone? At, so. Out of the same stone. Hmm. Because at that time, most of the parts were um, untouched, so still the stone. And it was really not beautiful made. It was really my my screaming that was coming out. But two years ago, I saw the stone. And I saw a complete different form in it. So I started and it felt so good to leave that part behind and make something beautiful out of it. It's yes. like uh, a metamorphose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But the other stones, I never had a stone I, I threw away. No, I must say, maybe two stones I like less. They are from in the beginning. I don't like so much as as the stones, as the sculptures I, I make now. Yes, yeah. Do you have any times in your life when you find that somehow the intuition for how to work with the stone just dries up and you have to you have to stop or does it does it always flow when when you want it to no it's um i do it very slowly sometimes i go to its atelier in in english the, the place where I work, the the, uh, the workshop, the workshop where I work in the garden. Yeah, yes. I look at the stone and I don't feel it. So sometimes I just leave it there for one month. And then after a month, I go, ah, oh, yes. I turn the stone and say, now I see it. Yeah. So I just take my time. Sometimes it takes two years before I finish the stone. And then in the meanwhile, I start with another stone. I just leave it. Only when I really feel it and I enjoy it, I work on the stone. I, do, I never work on the stone when it has to be. Come on, I have to do it. Mm. Just go on. No. Only when I feel it. Yes. It, it It's interesting because, um, you know, I've often heard 
writers saying, oh, I have to write um, so many, so many words each day, and they try to set up a, a discipline. And I've always felt that um, art and discipline don't really go together. Not for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a it's a kind of um, a connection, and it depends also uh, on. Well, it, sometimes when you have a bad day, you go go watch my my stone and no, not today. And I want to save for me that freedom that I only do it when I really enjoy it. I, I really need that freedom. And if it's only one sculpture in two years, I don't, I really don't care. And in the beginning of COVID, I made three in one, in one year because all of the time I had so much time, didn't have to go away in the weekend, was not, everything was closed. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. So really actually that's that's quite similar to what Francis says about following your enthusiasm, isn't it? You 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 only touch the, the stone, you you only work on the stone when there is that enthusiasm yes. Yes. behind it. Yes, and, yes. Yes, yeah. And in a way, it would be almost disrespectful to, to it, the stone. Um, to, yes, to, to yes. the stone to, to go and work on it when you when you didn't have that that, that exactly. feeling. Exactly. Yeah, I can it's it's I can see thousands that. of years in maybe million years that are in the stone, you can only have respect for it and, and no, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't yeah. work. Yes. Yeah. It's like it is disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Francis often talks about not knowing him. Uh, and that obviously suffuses all of your work as a, a as an artist, but more more generally, what does living in not knowing mean for you in your in your ordinary life? Well, recently, I I, I had the chance, the opportunity. To have that experience that by not knowing things can really change in a very good way. I cannot say details, but it's about my son. He had a crisis and I was really worried, worried, worried. And while he's living in Berlin, I it's difficult to be in contact. You can yeah. be in contact on the phone, but and it I couldn't eat anymore. I couldn't I was all the time busy. What can I do? And and the brains were and the thoughts were, were always coming and I have to help him. I have to do something. I and um uh, the morning I, I I I wake up and it was so clear this is his path, his way, he has to go. There is nothing you can do, you can only be there if he needed you. Just do a step aside and trust whatever happens. It was a big step because as a mother. You 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 are worried about your children. Yes, yes. But I could do it. And really, one week later, I was in Wyon. 
I enjoyed life again. Mm-hmm. We went to the beer garden. We went to to a terrace to drink something with with ten or nine people from the retreat. And I thought, now I'm going to send my son a picture that I am enjoying life. Uh-huh. And I sent him that picture. And for the first time since four weeks, he called me and he said, I'm so happy you are happy. I'm so happy you you pick up your life and I have good news for you. Uh-huh. He had his job back and his girlfriend was back. And, and I couldn't believe my ears. It's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. But for most of the mothers, you cannot be happy when your child is unhappy. And that is not true. Yes. It's, it's can, allowing them freedom, isn't it? It's not only allowing yourself freedom, but it's allowing other people freedom too. Yes. Yes. Including your children. Yes. So wow. that was a very good example to trust and not knowing. Yes. To trust whatever happened. Okay. <laughs> I have a no no control. So whatever happened, it's that what has to happen. Yes. And yeah. feel free that and in peace. But that was my biggest challenge until now, <laughs> I must say. Yes, I can imagine. What uh, advice would you give to uh, to people who feel afraid when those sorts of events, when scary events happen, when they don't know um, what's going to happen next? They don't know whether they've got cancer, whether they're child is on drugs all the all the sorts of things that happen to people and make them feel really upset what what would you say to them well first of all i don't give much advice <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) And when they really ask me, I don't tell them what to do. I I tell my experience in situations when I was afraid. Just how I go along with that, but I cannot tell them what to do. Yes. It it feels, uh, oh no, it feels not good when I yes. tell them what to do. Yes, absolutely. And in a way it can be your freedom and your, your sense of freedom that transmits automatically to them without them necessarily realizing it. Yes. And by just telling my experience, it's like I leave space for letting happen what has to happen. I cannot avoid something to not happen, if you understand what what yes. I mean. Yes. Of course, when they ask me advice, um, did you went to a doctor? Which doctor? How was it? And so on. Practical advice. I do. Yes. Yes. Of course. That I do. Mm. No, I cannot. Sorry, I cannot uh, give them advice when they are afraid. I only tell what I did because I don't know how how they, what kind of fear or how they handle that or 
and also like to tell them just what they want to hear feels also not so very good. Absolutely. I can I can say that um There is an example that comes up. There is a, a man that also comes to Skulp, and he was also in a very difficult situation. I will not say any details about it to keep his privacy. And um, he was really looking at his stone, and for maybe 10 minutes, he was just saying, it's so ugly, it is nothing, and really, he was frustrated. And uh, I said to him, oh, it's so pity you say that, because you're such a beautiful person, and it's like you're telling that to yourself. And at that time, he was very, very angry at me and he did not come for a couple of months but two or three months later he wrote me such a beautiful email to thank me for what I said oh. and uh, he finished the stone at home he loved it he went to his parents with whom he had not such a, a good relationship because that whatever he, he did in the future, they really never appreciate what he was doing. But the stone, he, they really appreciate it and they put it in the living room and that made him so happy. <laughs> yes. And when he get angry, I was really blaming myself. You have stopped telling people what they do wrong. <laughs> and afterwards, when I get the beautiful email and what happened, I realize everything happens for a reason. Yes. Why? Because I said that was not the intention to hurt him or to, to make him unhappy. It was really with, with my heart. It and was I the truth. Yes, and I think yes. when you do it with that intention, it's not wrong. Yes. You can feel that. Yes. When if I if I should have done it just to blame him from come on, how can you say that? And and judge him. Now it was maybe also a judgment, but not, it was an observation. Yes. It was an observation what I saw doing him and nothing more. Beautiful. Can you understand what I, do. what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So it's a lovely, that's a lovely story. Perhaps that's a, a good place to to end okay we'll we'll put a link to your website on the podcast page and i would encourage everyone who enjoyed this discussion to go and look at your portfolio there your sculptures are, are really beautiful so thank you thank you maureen it's thank you so much talking to you and yes, my thanks to, to my thanks to all of you who are listening yes thank you very much i hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the awareness podcast please remember to subscribe so that you receive a notification each time a new episode is released be sure to tune in next friday for the living in oneness experience with cindy krupp and her guest reverend yolanda in an episode entitled Living Your Authentic Self. The Awareness Podcast is brought to you by the Teachers of God Foundation in association 
with Pure Presence Conferences.